1: Hey, it's your boy Johnny here. Uh, Welcome to the Iron Show. I'm down here pounding the old anvil with my boy Rick, and I can't believe it, Uh, pinch me, Uh, I think I'm (laughs) dreaming. We're sitting here with Peter Goodgame. Yeah. I mean, uh, all I've got to say is, what's up? What's up? You got a what's up, Peter? What's up? Right on. Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Goodgame, uh, for all you listeners, has been very busy and very active, but nobody's heard from him in one a year, two couple, years couple years. But yeah. uh, we have him now exclusively and today you're gonna you're gonna see another side of Peter Goodgame and that's what's so exciting. About uh, having Peter Goodgame on the Iron Show. Besides the fact that he's Peter Goodgame. I mean, give me a break. You know. this going to be a good show. So, let me, uh, let's let you talk, Pete. What's up, man?
0: Hey, how's it going? Johnny, it too much, man. Love your <laughs> show. I love your show. Yeah, love right on. Epic. This is epic stuff. <laughs> we're, I we're, think... We're creating history as we speak.
1: Yeah. You know, when last the uh, world... Uh, had heard from Peter Goodgame he was um, creating uh, breaking new ground and really um, coming up with some very original ideas about the Antichrist and his identity and uh, ancient history he tied in Nimrod uh, identified him as Osiris and uh, Heracles and all the ancient pagan gods and uh a good game uh he got into uh he got he got into that really deep and then he decided that he was just gonna you know go in another direction uh so why don't you tell us
0: about it pete oh wow um <laughs> yeah it's uh let's see here it's been it's been about two years since i since i was really heavily into this uh but I did do a I did do a Future Quake show. I think it was last December. That's the last time I did any interviews. But uh, you've been a good friend and a supporter, and you know you got a lot of excitement, and and you just uh, I just like uh, your presence and and how you come across. And and I I heard you were doing some some podcasts, so I just said, you know what, it's time to share what God's been doing in my life, and. And uh, let people know that I'm I'm alive and kicking, and uh, the sun has never shined brighter on my life, and I'm excited. And uh, yeah, I just thought uh, it was time to share, time to share what's been going on.
1: Um, we all want to know. I know I want to
0: know. I mean, I really want to know.
1: I mean, <laughs> give it to us.
0: Yeah, well, uh, you know, I wrote uh, that book Redmond Rising back in came out early 2005. Um, then I attended That's a couple good. of. Uh, Bible prophecy conferences and so yeah I was really into the the hardcore dispensational um uh I don't know kind of like doom and gloom kind of end time scenario and uh I was researching certain areas that uh were being very fruitful for me I thought and and well they were you know I was I was uncovering a lot of amazing stuff and it was blowing my mind and and then I was, I was in the midst of, uh, of this, uh, series for Tom Horns, uh, Raiders News Network on the Antichrist. And it was, it was during the middle of that that I, I got a, a message loud and clear, uh, God used some other people to speak into my life that, uh, that really just, uh, kind of, kind of put me back in alignment with what God wanted for my life. And, uh, and essentially the word for me was, uh, stop worrying so much about the antichrist he's not my personal problem um (laughs) i need to (laughs) i need to focus on jesus christ and i need to make sure that i know the true messiah and that and that i know him as as jesus wants me to know him you know so where i know his voice that is part of me and i'm a part of him and you know uh uh, jesus is the vine. i'm just a branch on that vine and and god is our gardener the father's our gardener just like it says in john 15 Um, right on so yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of I can't even remember that was that was like a year and a half ago I guess when that happened. But really the uh, the the changes in me started happening. Um, uh, let's see, two summers ago, um, where I just uh, there was a there was a prostate teacher that came into Kailua, Hawaii, where I live, and Kailua. he had a little little conference up the road at this little Pentecostal church. And I went there just to hear this guy and to uh, perhaps argue with him. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I, I kind of had my own agenda, and, <laughs> and yeah, I was looking for an opportunity to uh, straighten him out and, and right let it on. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, I yeah, I went into this little Pentecostal kind of church, and uh, and I just got blasted by God. And I just it was the first time that I I'd been in a church service where I felt the presence of God descend onto a church service, and where I saw the Holy Spirit take over, and I saw people worshiping ah. with with uh, emotion and passion, and it was just something that that just struck right to the the core of me. And I saw these these guys uh, ministering to to the people and praying for people, and grown men with tears in their eyes, and just touching people and loving people. And I just something inside me said, you know what? I need to be able to do that. I need to be able to do that. That's what that's what God wants for all of us: this unconditional love and this this uh, identity of yourself, knowing that that God is inside you, and He's empowered you to touch people, and to free people up, and to and to bring them the peace of Jesus. So uh, that's uh, I, I hung out with that little Pentecostal church for a few months. Uh, I eventually. Uh, I stopped going there because there were there were some hardcore doctrinal things that uh that I didn't agree with and, and they're kinda legalistic and stuff like that. But
1: uh kinda like you doesn't can match your salvation, that
0: kind of thing. Well, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um but it's it's weird. Uh you know, I was more offended at their doctrinal differences than God was because God still showed up in their services, you know, God with them. And and that's why I, I think that uh, you know, one of the sad things about the Christian Church is, you know, our, about the body of Christ is that we're so divided, and we're not willing to look past our divisions. And and the thing is, Man. Uh, honestly, you know, on these fine little doctrinal points, you know, they're they're unclear in the Bible. And you 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 know, there's one uh, theologian that can write a 700-page book supporting one side, and another theologian can write a 700-page book that supports the opposite side. The I know. Is. Isn't
2: that crazy? Yeah. it's just like, you know. Yeah, this is crazy. This, I, I'm so
1: sick of division.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but uh, but yeah, I, I just think we're reaching a time where where the church is going to begin to overlook that and and realize that uh, it's all about the Holy Spirit. It's about Jesus in us, and we uh, need to we need to be together. We need to have unity. Yeah, another great awakening is what we need. And you know, the Bible, the, the Bible, uh, Paul talks about how. He speaks about people who are puffed up with knowledge, you know, and how that keeps them from the Lord. And and I think in the context of what he wrote, I can't remember the exact passage, but he's actually talking about Bible knowledge. Because I think a lot of wow. people are so puffed up intellectually on their own views of what they think the Bible is saying, and they get so heated in their disputes with other Christians that that it, it creates, you know, pride in their heart. And they're the Pharisees were that way. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. That's a one I of things. Like, I always
1: like, Rick, the way Rick says it, you know, he's got that cool voice. He goes, They would sit in the streets and people would watch them graying and their knowledge of scripture increasing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, a, you know, that's what I, one
2: thing I get worried about because I'm a person that I, I gotta be right. It's not that I am right. I have to be. If I'm not, I, I gotta make sure that my doctrine is right. Yeah. I gotta make sure what I'm saying even speaking about is right, because yeah. I'm, you know, not, you know, not that as much in fear, but I don't, you know,
0: you don't want to by it. no
2: means do I want what I say, cause somebody to stumble, because of a theory that I have, or, right. or anything, I just want to say, okay, scripture interprets scripture, and I'm just going to keep it in context, here, this is what it says, let's work it out, so. Right,
0: right. no, you yeah, everybody needs to be able to, you know, be able to defend what they believe, and be able to back it up with scripture, that's, I mean, that's. The, the intention behind that is very good, and very true. Yes, it is. But, uh, you know, there are there are some people that go overboard, and they put that first. They put that first before their relationship with other Christians, and they allow it. Yeah.
1: And yeah. eschatological views, I mean, how you, you can't really make somebody stumble by, can you? You could. It's it's, well, 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 the Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, sure. look at Charles
2: Taze Russell, had who uh, came out of the Second Ad, uh, Adventist, yeah, you know, and all the you know out of the Great Awake and uh, uh, the Great Disappointment from William Miller. Right. You think,
3: yeah, William oh, Miller. Right.
2: You know, man, he had to selling those rapture robes, and uh, you know, sure. and
0: sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, it
2: was a any, very bad time.
0: Any any doctrine that's elevated above a place where it belongs, yeah, can can become a stumbling block and can lead people astray. You know. Oh. But uh, let me just get back. You know. Uh, yeah. Please. After, yeah. Uh, go ahead after that experience and, and just uh, having this new revelation of, of the character of God and of the reality of God, um, I kind of, you know, for all, for all my years as a Christian, I kind of totally uh, disregarded the whole charismatic side of the church, of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. you know. And this just, just to highlight Christ? the divisions that are in the church, you know. We got a whole we, – we got like a split down the middle of the church that says mm-hmm. – um, you know, one side seems to be all experience-based and, you know, uh, very emotional, and 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 that kind of thing. The other side is all intellectually driven and, you know, just fights and struggles to have every doctrine pinpointed and and figured out. Um, but you know, there's a there's a split there, and I think God's going to begin to repair that that split. People are going to come together because I think the church needs that. Um, that experiential side they do the church you know if we're supposed to have a relationship with God how can you not involve emotions you know you, you, you've you got to have the yeah. emotion and the passion in, in your love for God and and God's gonna do that by giving you experiences of him you know it's in right. a supernatural way and that's kind of that's kind of what I experienced but uh, so uh, after this I, I kind of dove into studying the whole Charismatic Pentecostal movement. I, I bought like a big, like 400-page book that covered the 100 years since Azusa Street. Um, William and,
1: Seymour. Uh, yeah. You know they yeah. are the biggest. They are the biggest movement next to the Catholics.
0: That's absolutely right. Yeah. God used a one-eyed black man, and just started a William
1: Seymour. Great, great, great Bible.
2: He was a Bible. He was one of us. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was really into theology. And yeah, this, this
0: yeah.
2: Wasn't in Edward Irving, if you're familiar with him, right?
0: Yeah, well, I know that okay. there, was, there was a big dispute back then, and there were, you know, very high-standing theologians who looked to the Azusa Street revival, and, and there was one guy who referred to it as as the last vomit of hell, you know?
2: Oh, oh, man.
0: Yeah, but this was a movement that that changed the face of global Christianity.
2: They did that to Charles Spurgeon, too.
0: Yeah, right. And, and uh... it, it, see, anywhere, anywhere God moves in power... That is, where, that is where the devil is, is frightened the most. So, you know, that's what uh, you got. The devil's not worried about lazy Christians that are, that are powerless and don't do anything. You know, he's worried, about, he's worried about the Christians that are on the front lines of battle, that are moving in power, that are destroying the works of the devil. Those are the ones that he's going to come against. And he's often going to use people within the church to come against those, those kinds of, of believers.
2: Yeah, definitely. Because you know, uh, you know, you had uh, D.L. Moody who's into Charles Spurgeon and and Seymour. Yeah, I guess they knew each other. Oh, I see. Yeah, I think I, I, if somebody can point that out to me, if I'm wrong, I can't. I was looking for the book on that, you know, in my library. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Keep going. <laughs>
0: um, well, so I I just uh, I started reading a lot of books on on like the gifts of the spirit and and this whole side the whole this whole side of Christianity that I totally uh you know and I and I'd read I'd read books coming from this you know conservative right wing evangelical like almost like you know straight baptist almost cessationist kind of viewpoint um uh I I'd read a lot of stuff that uh you know there's a lot of heresy hunters out there there's a lot of people that write books condemning every little uh thing that happens in the charismatic side of the church so for me to be able to break free from that um, you know to break through that wall and to say here's something that that uh that needs to be a part of my life that was that was huge for me that was huge for me but i'm just i'm just glad that i was kind of uh i was led uh to the right people i believe i was led to the right people and i, I was able to uh read a few books that just totally just totally struck a chord within me um that just just spoke to me spirit to spirit um and I, I'm gonna, did, you name, did you name those books? Yeah. Well, or let us? me just tell you one of the um, one of the books I read. Okay, this is this is kind of funny. Um, um, I read this book called Red Moon Rising. By the yeah, it was
1: a great book.
0: <laughs> no, hold on. By uh, a British guy by the name of Pete uh, Greg, I believe his name is Pete Gregg. Oh. And this was on his book was on the global prayer movement. And he wrote this book. I think it was 1999, which was the same year that I started my website, Red Moon Rise. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'd always, I, I'd when I published my book, I saw that this book had had uh, come out with the same title as me. But it was all this weird charismatic stuff, you know. So I wasn't, I, I had no place, you know, I had no desire to read it or anything. But uh, but after this, I, I read this book. I bought it and I read it, and uh, and wow, I I, I read testimony of miracles happening in the church today. And it was like it blew me away. So uh Pete Greg is he's really big on the twenty four seven prayer movement. He sets up uh prayer rooms all over the world and uh and it's just a story of him um of how God used him to, to begin this movement. Um and I think we're past uh excuse me, I just had a I just gulped a big coffee just before we got on.
1: Oh, oh. <laughs> you're I'm, I'm good, great. Get a coffee. I'm burping. Good? I'm burping right is
0: now. I, 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 I drink guess. an energy morning.
1: drink. Is that that morning cone of coffee?
0: Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Bro, oh, man. man. <laughs> good I
1: just, stuff. I,
2: I've drank Selecion Mexicana Berra Tantarina. It's a Mexican Boom. energy drink. <laughs> it's nice. a sponsor. Drink Mexican energy drink. Wait, I'm, <laughs> so
1: I'm not gonna edit. I'm not going to edit that. I'm not going to edit that. Go ahead and look out. I mean, this is all in the fire. Choke on coffee on the Iron Show. I mean, <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. hey, you cool, were, Just to not to get
2: off the track, have you ever read, uh, uh, you heard Gin Sambala?
0: Uh, what's that name again? Jim
2: Simbala, if I'm pronouncing it right. Simbala. Uh, I've,
0: I've come across the name. I don't think I have any of his books.
2: Pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle.
0: Hmm. He,
2: he has a book out called "Experiencing the Vast Resources of the Spirit of God," and it's called "Fresh Power."
0: Oh, okay.
2: Uh, uh, he's the guy. They're a big, big. They have like with the big. I think somebody says a lot of Christians say he has the biggest prayer meeting in in the country.
0: Well, yeah. Uh, on
2: a Tuesday night, they all. I mean, he says thousands of people yeah. get together for prayer and the spirit. And he has another. He has Fresh Wind and Fresh Fire. Another
0: book of his. Well, anyway,
2: I just wanted to mention those. Yeah, no, that's
0: that's awesome. But just before I burped, I was begin. I was gonna say something about. Um, the prayer movement. And I kinda think okay. that, uh I kinda think that the church is past that stage, you know, prayer is very important, but uh the devil's not scared though by church by by hundreds of Christians going into churches to pray and then coming out no. thinking they've accomplished something and then going home and and doing nothing all week long. You know? Yeah. Uh, oh, I agree with you. Prayer prayer is awesome. Prayer needs to be a foundation of our life, but without action, you know, prayer needs to lead to action. I just think we're in we're in the go stage right now, of of these end times when the church has got to get out there, and 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 push the devil back, and uh, so uh, yeah. This, this book that I read, Rising," down. got the devil down. Go ahead. Keep <laughs> That was that was a a good book for me to read. Um, me and my wife, we both read that, and it kind of like opened our eyes to to what's possible, you know. We we you know when I when I read a testimony of someone. Who who claims to have you know been used by God to perform a miracle? I I approach that with childlike faith. I just do. I just say, you know what? It says we can do that in the Bible. I'm just going to believe it. Me you know, too. I
1: believe it. I believe that.
0: Right. That's right. You no, know, the,
1: the thing, there's
2: things that take place. You know, mm-hmm. I I still believe, believe in my heart that God says yes, and sometimes He says no, and sometimes He says wait. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Um, and if there's a miracle that needs to be done to glorify Him, all the better, you know. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. How do you, how do you approach that, Pete? I mean, when it comes to like performing a miracle, do you, do you really believe that, or do you think a different way?
0: Well, uh, let me let me get into that, and I'll, I'll answer that. I just let me, let me keep going with my testimony because you know I've learned as I've gone along. I've learned as I've gone along, and that's excellent. And, uh, and but look for, for healing I, I believe that it's it's God's will for everyone to be healed. I mean I just think that's part of the character of God and the goodness of God and and it's and it's our job to uh to figure out how to get that breakthrough, you know, and it, it is there's a big mystery there. There's a big mystery there. How come God doesn't, you know, heal people every time we pray? You know, but uh but all I'm saying is uh let's not blame God. Let's let's figure it out ourselves and, and let's go for it. Um but uh yeah where was I I was okay the the next thing you asked about books that I read that kind of helped me and uh let me just mention uh this other book uh it's a little book called uh, when heaven invades earth by this guy Oh man uh, I read it. You yeah, made me read it. I made you read it, right?
1: Huh? Yeah
0: by by this guy Bill Johnson that's uh, he's a pastor of a church in Redding California that's just been going ballistic, you know and,
1: uh, you told me that someday we would meet on a pilgrimage,
0: <laughs> yeah, at the <yeah>. church. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, looking
1: forward to that, Pete. Oh, oh absolutely. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, I, I, next year, sometime I want to go. I don't know. But uh, but anyway, what uh, uh, what what drew me to this book is it just had it just had modern day testimonies of of, uh, of people who are just doing crazy things, just how God is just partnering with people and. And miracles are happening and uh, Amazing miracles. So yeah. Just blow your mind kind. And and uh I but the thing is when I read this and when I and and Bill just has a real simple theology, you know, behind uh what he what he teaches and what he um trains his his people up in. Um and it's just that God is good. Yeah. God is good and he's in a good mood and, and he wants in a good mood. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You know, we need to get rid of this picture of God as as some angry old guy on a throne. You know, ready to to shower down lightning bolts on people that don't obey him. You know, and anyway, he was, you know, he's
1: always we, been patient, even in the Old Testament. Yeah, or we think that.
0: You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this 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 book just just blew me away and just really spoke to my spirit and. Well, me and too. Just, you know, when I when I read that, just my my impression as I as I ended the last page was simply was was just yes, I knew it. I knew that the Bible was true and, and what it said we could do was true. I knew it. You know when, when when Jesus said these signs shall follow those who believe, you know, that that we'll heal the sick, we'll raise the dead
1: uh they, should and they will cast surf-
0: our demons. They should
1: take up surface, yeah, If they drink yeah. any bad thing, no harm will come to them.
0: Yeah it's like i just said i knew it and here was here was someone with with personal experience of 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 people who who walk in in that kind of relationship with god and they see amazing things happen so uh yeah it's it's just i was i was uh confronted with the whole the whole power aspect of the holy spirit and it was just it just it blew me away and i just said i that's what i need i need I need to develop my relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, to the point where he'll use me and he'll work through me. And I wanna you know, I believe, you know. I said, I, I, I believe I believe. I think I believe, you know. How come I'm not seeing this kind of stuff, you know, as I go out day to day? And it's and it was simply boiled down to the fact that I wasn't I wasn't uh I wasn't leaning on God to see that kind of stuff. I wasn't I wasn't praying for sick people. I wasn't even I wasn't even bold in my faith with, you know, people that I work with day to day. You know, they knew I was a Christian and but I just, you know, I I tried to avoid, you know, those uncomfortable situations where, you know, I didn't want to feel like I'm preaching to anybody or or that they're, you know, there's this whole there's this whole thing that goes through Christians' heads when oh, yeah. you know, among uh, their friends, their coworkers, other people that don't, you know, agree with them completely. Um but it needs to be broken down, and we gotta we gotta go out every day with with boldness and with the fire of God and with joy in our hearts, knowing that that we're sent out every single day to destroy the works of the devil. And yeah. uh, just for me to be able to to change my mindset, uh, and to and to line it up accordingly, you know, according to what the Bible says about us, that was that was major for me. But uh, let, let's see oh, yeah. where else can I where else can I go in this story here? You
1: know, um. No, um- like um when once you realize that, I just have a question
3: yeah.
1: once you once you realize that um what was it that uh what did you what did you figure out that you needed to do in
0: order to become like that <laughs> what, yeah, well, uh, one of the things um I, one of the things I did is I just started searching for like minded Christians. And for, for me, it was, it was I think God, God put in my hands the right books to start with. But after that, a book can only do so much. You know, I had to find people here locally that actually believed this stuff, you know. I needed to find believing believers, people who, who were, would pick up the Bible and would say, whatever you read in here is yours. You can have it. You know, you cool. want supernatural power in your life. We believe you can have it. We see it in our life. We're going to impart it into your life. And, and uh and we're gonna support you and encourage you. And uh so I just I kind of uh I kinda of started just to just to get more involved locally. And uh and one of the things I did um is uh uh oh well uh, Bill Johnson came to Hawaii um let's see, February of two thousand eight I believe it was. Yeah, February of two thousand eight. Uh no it? no I didn't. Um, but, uh, it was like a three-day conference out in, uh, Kapolei on the other side of the island and I attended it and then I, and it was the first time I was just, uh, you know, in the company of a bunch of, uh, a bunch of crazy, radical, happy Christians. And cool. it was like, it was like the, you know, one of the first times where I saw, uh, worship as it should be, you know, passionate worship where people are just, people are just radically in love with Jesus and, and they're worshiping him with all I got and, that was like one of the first places where I timidly uh, raised up my arms in worship. You know, I just felt the pull of God. You know, it was like a, it was like a surrender almost. They call it the Amen. sacrifice of praise. That's right, that's right, and it was a sacrifice, yep. and I could feel stuff breaking off of me as I did that. It was crazy. It was crazy. Amen. <laughs> and then I started Guess doing I mean, that. Because...
1: Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say. I mean, you you. You surrender your ego to jesus right? yeah. yeah
0: you know that's what falls off yeah right that's it that's it and then i started doing that in my uh in my home church here in kailua which is uh christian and missionary alliance church um i still have uh ties to that church although i'm going to another little uh church uh right now but uh but anyway yeah when i started raising my hands in worship there I was kind of it was it was tough because not too many other people were doing it you know and i'm I'm like uh, there was a battle there going on inside of me, but I just you know just closed my eyes and and went for it you know and just yeah I want to do that to honor, right now just to, <laughs> yeah yeah so up. Yes.
2: what you're saying is that people are not really into the worship I mean the music or yeah
1: well no this church. no he's talking about the hands up and just totally surrendering your ego surrendering yeah. your ego to Jesus I mean yeah yeah
3: you know as in
1: as in, in in worship as a form of worship oh. as in I guess I don't
0: know how to say it. Let, let Peter explain it. Well, I, I think that's it. I mean, I think that's it. It's, it's just for me. It was just it was just a way to honor God, you know, at the expense yeah. of, of whatever kind of crazy thoughts were going on in my head, like what people are going to look at you and what are you trying to be self righteous, you know? Are you trying to be holier than thou? You know, mm-hmm. and I had to just put all those thoughts away, and it was you know I just wanted to honor God. And, uh,
1: but, uh, right, so I'm just
0: trying
2: to get where, like in, when you're talking about it, just when you're in the service or, I, I, yeah, I well,
0: this church, this, my Kailua church was, uh, that's, uh, it's a regular church. They got two services in the morning. They got one that starts at eight and another that starts at 1030. So it's very structured. It's very rigid. You got, you got three or four songs and then a message and then you're out. You got to make, oh yeah, for the next. And, yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: And it's just, there's just not a lot of room for the Holy Spirit to move and uh you know even though i I love the pastor and he's always got a a amazing message you know that touches people but uh it's uh it's you know for me i needed to go beyond uh you know a type of christianity that was just a spectator sport you know i wanted to i wanted to be involved i wanted to be like like you know the guys that i saw in the the pentecostal church where it was hands-on you know christianity is a full contact sport (laughs) you know we we're supposed to we're supposed to be uh you know laying hands on people and healing them and and uh you know breaking stuff off of people just bringing people into freedom you know that's it's for freedom that, that christ set us free it's that's what it's all about um but uh but yeah i mean that whole that whole the whole worship thing is it's a whole different it's a whole different thing it's it's uh and it's personal and you know everyone has their own uh, history with God—it's a personal, individual thing—and that was that just was part of my history. Being able to break free and just to to worship God—and and I'm still pushing boundaries because I see people, you know, that I think are weird, you know, where where places <laughs> where I go—and I'm just like, oh boy, I, Lord, please don't ask me to act <laughs> like that, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm, so, a worship,
2: I'm a worship leader. So I, that's the other thing I do at church—is I'm the—I yeah. lead everybody in worship. That's all and I, mean. I get into it. I just yeah. even even with a guitar solo, you know. Yeah. But we're not uh, we're not at my You're church. Mid- I go to Mid City Christian Fellowship, and we're what you were talking about is what we do. Is like yeah. it's relaxed. It's not we we know we got to set a few songs. I got a half hour, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's you. Yeah. You know, and it's not really you, like
0: you set the tone and you set the atmosphere, but
2: and that's what the pastor does. He goes, "Go for it, man. let's go." So I put a little band in there. I add a little, you know. I have a little flavor, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just go and I say, let's just worship the Lord. And you know, I yeah. go. I, I tell you, but I got five songs to sing, and I just get real with them. And you know, because Dan's message, our Pastor Dan, really, you know, really, you know, if you ever check us out, you know, Peter, it would be sure. it would be an honor, of course. You yeah. can check out Dan. You you might like his messages too. And yeah. we yeah. talk about that stuff. What are we doing? You know, we're crucified with Christ. It is time to bear fruit, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and having Christ bear fruit through us. And you're saying it. That's what I'm hearing. I'm going, wow, that's pretty cool. Okay, yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah. Let's, you know, live our lives as a worship to God,
0: that's right? That's right. That's right. Okay. Worship's
2: now,
1: the, the fruit that Pete's bearing now, I mean, it's serious.
0: Well, let us uh, let me just, uh, let's see. February, February of 2008, that's when I went to the Bill Johnson Conference and uh, was really blessed. Um, took my wife. Um, just my my wife uh you know she's she's been in this with me, but I was kind of the one that uh uh caught the fire first, and I was kind of i've kind of been pushing through this and and at times I felt like I was dragging her along but uh and it was it's been interesting trying to you know try and work this, but she just saw that she just saw my heart and she knew what i wanted and and right now i'm just I'm just so thankful to God because she's at the same level as me right now or even higher because God oh, wow. God is just we've just grown so much over the past two years. It's just it's just incredible. It's just incredible. I mean, just the, the, the mindsets that that have changed, the barriers that have been broken down, just us being able to talk with our friends about God I remember just, you telling
1: me at the time that you didn't you just stopped arguing. You know, oh like, well, okay. well
0: let me let me let me get back to um okay. you know what I wasn't I wasn't gonna go into uh I wasn't going to really go into this too much, but let me just, let me just, uh, go into the story, just sketch over briefly. Um, okay, the Bill Johnson conference was a three-day thing, and, and I was just, I was just pumped for that whole thing. And I just, I just went there with an open heart, just waiting for God to, you know, whatever God wanted to do to me at that conference, I was just ready to receive it. Um, and I was radically blessed. Um, and, uh, oh, it's another interesting thing is, um, I took, uh, I, I was a little league baseball coach at the time. And uh yeah. and I took uh I took a kid with me on the last uh or on the second night of the conference. Took a uh one of my one of my players, um young kid, uh but he uh he he struggles because he has this uh he has like uh loss of hearing and he has like a facial palsy. So half of his face like droops and uh and he, he, you know he's he's had a rough time with that. But he's totally yeah. sharp as anything. But you know I've been hearing about all this testimony of this healing testimony uh, of stuff happening you know wherever Bill Johnson goes. so uh, it, it was it was crazy I, I actually got up enough courage to ask the mom I had a good relationship with the mom because I'd coached him before she knew I was a good guy. Um, she wasn't a Christian though and but I but I convinced her to let me take Josh that one night and uh, and I just told her you know I love Josh and I believe that uh you know I, I know it's possible you know and I believe that God was going to perform a miracle on that boy and and uh and restore you know uh feeling to his face and and his hearing and all that stuff and and uh I actually met with my men's group at the Kailua church um before before I took him before the conference and I and I and I just stood up and I and I shared some of my testimony of what god has been doing in my life and then I shared what I wanted to do, and I asked them to pray for me. First of all, to you know, perform a miracle just to allow the mom, just so the mom would allow me to take the child, take the kid, and second, to, to pray for the miracle itself. And uh, but it was it was it was weird because there was, that this was totally foreign to all the guys that were there. They, it was it was hard, you know, because I had all this faith and I said all this stuff, what I believe was going to happen, and they were like, their response was almost like. You know, I could feel it. It was like, you're crazy, man. <laughs> you think you're going to take a kid to, to a service and he's going to get healed, you know? But, you know, they they supported me, but I could see they they were very timid and very un- unbelieving that anything could would actually happen. But they prayed over me and, and they sent me out. And so anyway, I I uh, I ended up taking the kid and he was blessed and he had a good time and he was up in front, jumping up and down with his hands raised. <laughs> you know he just really just just a young kid he was he was must have been 10 years old i'd say 10 years old like
1: an instant conversion
0: yeah yeah he was loving it he was loving it (laughs) but you know Ah. what nothing happened he didn't get healed and i had to you know and i took him back dropped him off late at night you know and uh i I even think it was a school night (laughs) that she'd let me have him but uh you know and i left her with the a page of scriptures that I typed up of healing and how God had healed a paralytic and how God had healed a deaf and mute because he was partially deaf and his because of his facial palsy his his uh, language skills were suffering you know but uh, oh, yeah. but you know what I, I didn't see a miracle but uh, but that just that didn't dissuade me from what I knew was possible and this is a thing this is another thing that Christians really need to get we've got to stop creating a theology around our personal experience. That's what we do. Oh, man. amen.
1: Amen. I, I never really thought about I, that. that. That's
2: actually pretty profound right there. Wow. I heard it. I was like thinking exactly. Yeah. That's right. Thank I you. Believe, brother, Peter. I,
1: believe, I believe what you just you said, believe,
2: Peter. Oh, you man. just, you made me have an insight. Wow. <laughs> even oh, even though the child didn't get uh, healed right there and then, but he got healed. Yeah.
0: Because well, it, I, it's, I think it's coming. Right. Yeah. Yeah, It's coming
2: when God, the perfect timing. Or, or, or did he, Even if he or did,
0: did he? it happened
1: instantaneously, he still got healed to me.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: or, or did he? Let's let him continue the story.
0: Well, uh, yeah, as far as I know to this day, you know, Josh is still the same. And I, I'm not in regular contact with his family, but, you know, I see him off and on. Um, his mom works in Waikiki. My wife works in Waikiki. Um, you know, we cross paths. Uh, but but she, you know, she still she loves me, and she's very thankful for what i did and and uh but uh yeah well you know we we can't we can't let the misses totally dictate our theology we've got to we've got to just just pick up the bible and say this is it god said that that uh you know that the miracles are going to follow those who believe we gotta we gotta just stick to that and just keep going for it so uh anyway back to this conference it ended on the last day was a saturday the next sunday was uh was church and uh and I went to church uh, with me and my wife and my family, and uh, right in front of us was this, this couple, this couple that I had known. Um, their daughter had gone to high school with me and my wife, um, but I knew these, these were radical, these were deep, deep Christians, very, very, like, almost mystical, you know. They had this aura about them, and very the rare. few conversations that I had talked with them, I knew that uh, God was, you know, I knew that they were very anointed, you know, and it's like, you know, I just come from this conference, here I am Sunday and I just I just knew that uh that God had set us up for something. And so uh after the service I just I boldly um kinda like invited myself over for lunch
1: <laughs> to
0: their house, you know, without even checking with my wife and uh and so the one guy he asked his wife and then he comes back and, and says, uh, you know what, my wife was thinking the very same thing. Come on over. And uh <laughs> so that afternoon I spent time with this With this couple and uh and they uh we just started talking about what was going on and and they were you know curious about my life and and you know i was i was talking about the change that was taking place in my life and how how you know god was finally becoming real to me but at the same time i had all this end time stuff that you know i I started to explain to them about the book i'd written and the website and my interviews and my series with tom horn and and all this stuff and uh anyway uh uh she just started We're famous uh, for that <laughs> yeah it's all it's all good stuff but uh she just uh she started to uh she started to get some get some information for me that was from god <laughs> and it's hard to explain this but uh she started the of knowledge yeah it was it was it was a word of knowledge and and she uh what she did is she she gets it visually so she drew um she drew, uh, let's see here, she took out a piece of paper and she drew what looked like a ladder. And then she drew right next to it uh, this big jumbled up mess of shapes mm. and stuff that was just a big pile of, of rubble it looked like. And, uh, and she just said, um, you know, uh, the Lord is telling me that, uh, that this is kind of your, your situation right now. And she's looking at all the rubble and the, and the jumbled up mess and she's saying this is what, this is what Jesus wants for you. And this was interesting because the very night before, I've been going through this whole Bible study series with my kids. And it's a really good one. It was, you know, really good one because it's written like 40 years ago on just straight Bible stories, you know, linked up with scripture. But the very night before, the story that I had read to my kids was the story of Jacob's ladder. So when she drew the picture of wow. the ladder and said, wow. and, and, you know, and that story ended with, um, with Jesus saying that to his disciples that, uh, you will see the angels of heaven ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So Jesus basically said that He was that ladder, right? Amen. So, uh, mm-hmm. so that that was something that just kind of confirmed for me. Um, and even just the the words that I said when I walked into their house, you know, I just said that, you know, uh, I believe that uh, that you you two are going to be like the key to my own personal revival. That's what I said, and I had no idea, you know, how they were going to treat me or what they were going to say um and but you uh, knew
1: it. You knew it. I knew
0: it. I knew it. And uh I knew that I, it was a setup, you know, God had set me up. So uh anyway, I you know, as I'm talking with them, you know, they're really excited about what God's doing in my life. But then when I start to talk to them and explain to them that, you know, my mission from God was to uh, you know, clarify the end this whole end times thing for the church. They kind of their faces kind of paled and, you know, cuz everybody has their own different ideas. And these these are people who've been Christians for, you know, Forty years or whatever, and I'm sure they had their own ideas, and and I was just thinking, oh, their their ideas doesn't don't line up with my ideas, but uh, but anyway, I met with them that Sunday, and then I met with them um, the next Monday, and uh, basically what they told me is that uh, they went back to the to the word that they've given me of the ladder next to the jumbled up mess, and and I'd actually printed out copies of my uh my series for Tom Horn, my four part series, and I'd taken it to them and saying, you guys got to read this, this. It's all about the antichrist. It totally exposes everything, and you're just gonna love it, and <laughs> you know, and and expecting them to support me and to say, "Oh yes, Peter," you know, praise God, well, nobody, it's has, been nobody, has, nobody
1: has exposed the antichrist like you. I mean, you're famous.
0: But, you were supposed to
1: say, "See, I'm sorry, but, I had to say that." But, no, but you I'll you know, say, I'll say Hippolytus
2: is <laughs> in, the, in the race, running with him. So, <laughs> 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 and Irenaeus, but. I haven't actually, totally read his, injured, I have read dude. his book, so I don't know. I want, I haven't seen. I've listened to the conversations, Man. but anyway, keep going. I just forget, forget about X college I'm keep sorry, going. Pete. Go well, ahead. they
0: kind of, well, when they talked with me that next day, they kind of, uh, they kind of, they kind of hurt me with some of the words that they said. It was because they basically took that, the stack of papers that I wanted to give them, and they just looked at me and they said, you know, we've been praying about this overnight, and we just feel that God's telling us that. Uh, um that what God wants for you is this you know and they're pointing to the ladder that you know you need to you need to uh develop a closer relationship with Jesus and but right now your focus is on this and it's on this big jumbled up um you know pile of rubble and they said that they and they looked at all these papers in their hand and they said this jumbled up pile of rubble is this and you know and I'm thinking you know what you, you guys haven't even studied this you don't even know how right i am <laughs> you know how can you how can you say that kind of thing but at the same time i'm thinking of what what i've been going through for the past few few months you know from i guess it was the summer of 2007 up till february of 2008 you know i had totally you know kind of uh lost a lot of my motivation to continue pursuing in time studies and stuff even though even though I had begun that four part series with Tom Horn, you know. But uh there was there was a part of me saying that it, you know, it's enough. There's there's more there's more to your purpose in life and uh and you know, maybe you need to set this aside. So what I got from now kinda just uh, sealed the deal for me. And now this is when it gets back to my wife because uh, you know, there this there was this is a time in my life, you know, where I'd, I'd been really engaged in studying, and, and I'd been engaged in writing. And I had a whole – my whole uh, bedroom is just full of bookshelves, full of books, you know. And it's like my – Peter, my you, Peter
1: a, you What do you expect?
0: Yeah, Peter, I'm, yeah. I'm the same way with you. I, I have a
2: whole – I <laughs> yeah. imagine you
1: in this vast library, you know. Really? I have
2: the same thing. I have, like, three library books. Oh, I, and, you know, uh, Peter, I keep – you know who I keep right by my bedside every day? You ever heard of my. David Brainerd?
0: No. <laughs>
2: now familiar with him? He's the my. life and die. David Brainerd was the missionary uh, to uh, uh, the uh, Native Americans in uh, oh. in Connecticut. And this dude, if you ever read his diary, I, I would recommend this. I really would. I, I yeah. keep it by my. I keep it right by my uh, lamp post, right next to my bed, yeah. because there's always an antidote. It, it, it's just his diary. It was edited by Jonathan Edwards. I and agree. I'm telling you what, what we're talking about now, I, I recommend to everybody, please, I mean, just just listen to this guy's experience. Well,
1: yeah. And he
2: was a melancholy
0: guy, too. Yeah. Christian, you know, I mean, he we're was...
1: We're going to make just train that thought, though. No, we're well, case,
0: <laughs> no, but I mean, Come he's, he's, on, a, John, case, he's a case of someone um, who's preaching the gospel and seeing, seeing, you know, the message confirmed, right, with supernatural power. Right, I mean that's what happens with uh, a lot of these a lot of these missionaries. God, oh, you're talking you
1: know, about? The, I'm sorry. I, you know what? I lost myself. You were talking about
0: uh, that woman's husband. Is who you talking about? Who are you talking no, no, about? No, no, What I just said, I'm referring to David Brainerd. Oh, that, that, oh. Rick, that Rick was saying. You know, and I'm just.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I, some
0: of what impression Rick's given me is he's just he's another one of those radicals, right? That's oh, the he, he was
2: actually. Yeah, he was just. If you see God's work in, his, work in his life, just by his diary, he, he was alone when he did this thing. Yeah, he yeah. He stepped out in faith, that's what we're talking about. Right. But anyway, continue on what you okay. said about the faith. Right? Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, l- let me just explain, you know, my family situation during this time. Whenever I'd get into these, uh, you know, I'd have these brainstorms of feeling that I have all this uh, research and writing to do, I would kind of uh, shut myself up in my own little office cubbyhole hole. And, uh, you know, all I want to do is write and get this stuff out. And, uh, and basically it was, it was detrimental to my marriage because I kind of yeah. had this idea that, uh, um, that it was up to me that I'd been anointed to do all this stuff for God and to, and to help reveal all this stuff. And, uh, and, and I'd get upset with my wife for not taking care of the little stuff around the house, you know? Mm. <laughs> and, and I kind of had this attitude that, uh, that, uh, you know, God was using me to do for all this great stuff, and God was using my wife to support me. You know, that was my wife's goal or my wife's. Sorry, Pete, but I to, agree
1: with that. You were on me. a mission from God. Well, well. <laughs> I'm, I'm,
0: I'm, you know what? I, I'm I'm glad for what I've written, and I'm glad God was able to use me, and I was able to get it out. But, uh, it but you know too. what? Family, family needs to come before ministry always. Family That's your first ministry. ministry That's what. Always. First ministry right there. Yep.
2: That is your first ministry.
0: So uh after after this prophetic encounter with this couple, I was kinda I was kinda I was really torn. I was wondering, you know, because they had told me they had told me set all this stuff aside for a year and just passionately pursue God and, and a relationship with Jesus Christ and see what happens. That's what they said. And and I was seriously considering that and I was thinking, you know, what if I do this? What you know, and and I I'd, I'd also been reading a lot of the uh, teachings from Bill Johnson. Um, I've been listening to his, uh, um, his sermon podcasts and just just amazing, just mind-blowing stuff, just filled the testimony. Um, but one of the things he'd been preaching on lately is that, uh, is that uh, good is the enemy of best. Okay? God wants what's best for us. Sometimes we latch on to something that's good, but it's not best. And that's man, and the devil is very satisfied to allow us and to pave the way for us to do what is good if that's going to keep us what's doing you know from doing what God wants, which is best, so I was just thinking that you know what what I'm doing you know I didn't have such a negative uh this couple really had like a negative um view of, of what I've been doing because I don't think they agreed with my ex- you know my end times views um they really weren't into all the deep study, you know, it just didn't it just didn't resonate with them, you know. So they really had a dark negative uh view towards it. And I was thinking, you know what, I got so much testimony from people that have just uh, you know, praised me up and down. I got Johnny, you know. Johnny's my biggest backer, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you can't, oh, you yeah. can't you know, take that testimony away from me. So I knew what I was doing was good. But I just I just gave it up Wait, to Johnny, and Johnny. It
1: was. It was Drew and Johnny. Johnny's
2: drooling.
1: Sorry. I'm, but i just can't stop commenting. I'll
0: be quiet now. All right. But I just, I just told God, you know, I'm just gonna, by faith. I'm just gonna believe that you have something better for me. That you, that I want to be, I, I want to be in line with what's best for me. What's what's best. And if it's, and if if I'm onto something good, then then whatever else you have for me, you know, it's gonna be even better. And I just, I just remember going. With going on a hike with my wife uh up, up above Lanikai Kai um to the to the pillboxes anybody from Hawaii is going to know what I'm talking about but uh man I just I went up there with my wife and I just had a good a good talk a good conversation with her and I tears were coming out of my eyes as I was just talking to her and just explaining everything that had that had happened and and I just told her you know what my decision is to to set all this stuff away and to believe that uh that I'd heard the word of the Lord and that I, I had just received direction for my life. And I was going to put all this stuff away and I was going to you know focus on my family once again. But most importantly just focus on, on Jesus and just just really, really pursue that relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, for, for the next year. And and even even at that time I didn't set a I didn't set a timeline on it. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to test this, I'm going to see what's going to happen for a year and then if if it doesn't pan out, I'll go back to to writing or whatever, even at that time, I was just like, you know what i I really believe that uh that I just need to I just need to pursue Jesus, and it's gonna be a lifetime thing <laughs> It's not gonna be Amen. one year you know and and uh you know maybe 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 i'll God will will give me a clear message that uh I need to get back and I need to you know do some more writing or or whatever, but you know what?" I've done it. I've done enough writing on the end times. I, I've, you know, for people that are, that are searching, that, that want to come, you know, what what I've written is going to, going to click with a lot of people. And there are ways for God to to bless what I've done over those years. And I just, I just leave it up into his hands. And uh, in the meantime, I just, uh, I just, I'm just been, just been radically blessed, um, you know, by having a, a closer relationship with Jesus Christ and, and i've been I've been seeing amazing things in my life I've been seeing miracles and and uh, it's just it's it's been a it's been a wild ride um now let's just let me just continue on my story um so so basically I'd reached a point where i just i said it set it all aside and then I started to you know look for like minded Christians in the area you know radical Christians that believe what the bible explicitly said um and that that were just going for it um uh, let me see here. So so that summer, um summer of two thousand eight I just I started going to these uh like revival meetings that went for something like fifty five days straight in town in, in Kalihi. Um and I just I went there as as often as I could and uh really I was just I was just getting filled filled with uh filled with the spirit every single time and I was just I was just loving being in in the presence of God. Just knowing that, that the Holy Spirit is in the atmosphere, the Holy Spirit is in charge of this service, and and watching people uh, just be touched by God, and uh, uh, you know, it was it was interesting for me because uh, you know by stepping out into this direction, I kind of just like it's like the critical spirit in me was like totally subdued, it was totally subdued. So in other words, I didn't go out with this idea that I'm going to test things and that I'm going to see if they're from God that, uh, you know, in other words, in other words, I don't know. Uh, there's, there's a, in the church, there's this big fear of deception because there's a lot of people that, you know, that say that the, the primary, um, characteristic of the end times is the rise of deception. But, uh, but that just, that creates a lot of fear. And I just think, you know, when, once we have faith in Jesus Christ and his love, his His love is his love casts out all fear, so in other words, our faith that God is protecting us and God is with us needs to be more powerful than our fear of being deceived. so you know i I went to like these uh care, these full on wild charismatic like revival meetings, and I saw a lot of a lot of weird stuff but but the thing is i I wasn't offended, and when I saw something you know like like for instance, the whole phenomenon of being slain in the spirit, you know. Charismatic Christians are trained to fall down when the pastor puts, puts their hand on their head. That's, just, that's the bottom line. I'm sorry. That's, they're, they're trained to do that, and they, and they do it. And sometimes the pastor himself can begin to think that he's actually releasing something. Um, so, but I was able to, to look past that and not be offended because, you know what? You might have a line of 100, of 100 people, and the pastor's coming and saying an impartation prayer. They might all fall down. But you know what? Within that hundred, there's still a couple, a few, that actually feel the real manifestation of the Spirit of God. And their lives are just Man. Even though, Even oh, though yeah. someone from the outside can look at it and say, oh, they're just faking. They're just all faking. You know what? They're oh, no, it. it's they're, real. It's real. A, you. There is a reality there. Yeah, and it's also like um, like some of these healing services. You know, I've been to conferences where, you know, they, they just call out Words of Knowledge for Healing. And they asked people around them to, to lay hands and to pray. And then and then afterwards they asked, okay, check it out. See see what happened. And and you know what? Most people after they prayed for, they're gonna say that they feel better. And so and so then afterwards the, the, the pastor or whatever, he'll do a head count of, of arms that are raised, you know, he asks, Okay, who believes they just got healed right now? And you know what i've been in in services where like a hundred people raise their hand and say, "Yes, it's just it's a miracle. God has totally healed me you know and <laughs> but the thing is um a lot of a lot of most of that it's not it's not real it's not it's not a full manifestation of healing but yet Within the 100 people, you know, and then they do the same thing the next night. And the same 100 people that, you know, asked for prayer because they hadn't had a manifestation the night before, same 100 people raise their hand and say, yes, this is it, I've been healed. But they're doing that in an act of faith, you know. But the thing is, even though you have 100 people, there's still God moving, and there and there are always miracles that happen. It might just be two or three people, but there are always miracles that happen. And I saw, Amen. this was recently in, over the summertime, I saw something that was just totally radical, uh, I was at a, I was at a, uh, a revival service again, some people that came from the mainland, and right in front of me, there was this lady who had, who had like a, uh, a metal, um, uh, a piece of metal, a metal plate in her wrist, okay, and that thing disappeared, that thing disappeared, (laughs) completely disappeared, and, uh. You know, and this is, with, this is in the context of a whole bunch of people claiming that they just received a miracle in faith. And, you know, for, uh, you know they're, it, it's hard for me to say this, you know, but it, it doesn't always happen as people want and as people believe. But even so, within that greater context, there's always a few that the Holy Spirit moves on, and you see something that's permanent, that's real, that's, that's lasting, and that's, a, and that's a true work of the Spirit. And I just think that we gotta we gotta stop being offended at people that that you know we gotta stop stop focusing on the things that don't happen and start focusing on the things that do and praising God for the for the for the few miracles that do take place and I just think it's gonna happen more and more. I mean, if, if people like just, you
1: said, I mean, it's you you explained it. It's that they're <laughs> they're being faithful yeah, when they do that's that.
0: True. That's true. And I just you know I've I've seen Christians who are offended at that. But, you know, for me, I was able just to not focus on, on things that didn't happen and focus on the things that do. Um, but uh, now let, let me just share with you, you know, in my life, you know, I start to read all this stuff about um, um, one of the things that they do at uh, Bill Johnson's Church is they've had this, uh, for 10 years, they've had this School of Supernatural Ministry where they just, uh, they just train people for, I think now they have a three-year course. They have, people can go through the school for three years. They got one-year, two-year, and three-year students. So, but uh, just the stories that come from from these kids, you know, they're immersed in a totally supportive uh, faith-building environment, and then they're released to go out on the streets and to do what the Bible says they can do. And just the testimony that that comes out of this school is just is it's absolutely amazing. It's phenomenal. So, but the thing is, as for me, um, just filling myself with this testimony, just surrounding myself with this kind of testimony. And being surrounded with like minded Christians, you know, I eventually reached a point where I said, You know what, I can do this too <laughs> Okay? So uh I just remember uh this is actually before the Bill Johnson conference in early two thousand eight. Um I just I'd just been reading books and I hadn't even really connected with uh a, a you know, a spirit filled church body or anything. But I just remember I was at the park one day with my daughter and she's on the monkey bars or whatever and running around and and i just see a homeless lady uh sitting on a bench a couple of benches over away from me and i just i just i just had this sense of compassion for her and i'm just thinking you know what you know i'm i'm supposed to be empowered to touch her life and to bring you know joy and peace to her life and uh i just i just said a prayer to god i just said a real short like 5 second prayer like lord um if you if you want me to, you know, master her, touch her in some way or talk to her or whatever, just uh just uh just open the door for me. Um and immediately before I even like opened my eyes from saying that prayer, she was speaking to me. That lady was speaking to me and it was something about my daughter saying, Oh, you have a beautiful daughter or something like that Immediately wow. Right after that prayer. So so I just I was kinda you know I was like, Wow, that was quick, God you know. So I just walk over to her and I just start um, talking with her and actually, but still I hadn't, I hadn't developed, I hadn't broken those walls down, I hadn't pushed through those boundaries. I really didn't know what to say to her. I really didn't know what to pray with her or how to even engage her in that kind of thing. So I just listened to her. I just listened to her and, and uh, brought Gabby over and and just listened to her talk a little bit and and then she then she took off. Then she took off. But that was just one of the first things where I realized, you know what, God, God hears your prayers and He wants to partner with you to to do what what He said we can do, you know.
1: He opened um, the door for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was just, yeah. that was one of the first few things. Um, and then uh, and then uh, a couple weeks later, um, I'm at the same park and I'm and I and I was impressed with that with that uh, with, with what had happened. So I'm walking with my daughter. Up and down in between the tennis courts, and I come to the end, and there's another homeless guy just sitting by himself. And I just say, uh, you know, Lord, uh, here I am again. Um, Open the door for me. Uh, I just want to, you know, I want to talk to this guy. So I'm walking. I walk down and past him, and then he he grabs me again. He talks to me. He asks something about like what time it is or something like that. And then I just start talking with him, and and uh, but again, I still didn't have a grid or or the training or how how to uh you know how to how to share christ with these people i i still didn't have the tools I didn't have the tools but anyway, i just remember um that uh I just talked with him for a little while we talked about politics and you know government and and uh and I found out more about this guy's life and and uh anyway i i really didn't didn't share too much god with him um but I just remember I went home and uh I just started praying for him. Um, and this guy's name was, uh, Steve. He introduced himself as Dr. Steve. And he came across, he thought he was, uh, he thought he was one of the world's greatest naturopathic physicians and, and had discovered all these, uh, secret keys. So he was, He's he was a little loony, um, <laughs> but, out uh, there. but, a yeah, but a good guy, you know. Um, but anyway, I just prayed for him over the next four or five days. And, uh, then, then on Sunday, we're a little late coming to church, um, but uh, we, we walked into the church, and one of the first people I saw in church was this guy, Dr. Steve, in church. He was one of the three or four people with hands raised in worship, and I we, uh, and I walked us right up, and we sat down next to him, and I just and I just gave him a big hug and said, "Hey, I'm glad to see you here." And I found out that he, you know, he uh, uh, periodically, a few times a year, he'd come into our church, and he was known, and and they kind of thought he was weird because he raised his hands in worship, and <laughs> anyway. Oh, and a a funny thing—he had this uh, miracle cure. I think it was uh, what was it? Oregano. He believed oregano was was the the secret to uh, to uh, good health. So he shared that. that. (laughs) I'll be taken by the
1: spoonful now. (laughs) (laughs) Oregano oil is the thing. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Well,
0: that's interesting. You said that because after the service, we went out on the lanai and and we're eating donuts with the kids and. uh, so he starts teaching me about this, and then, and then he offers me a spoonful of dried oregano, and he just said, "This is this is better than heroin, man." And he's talking real loud, and, and <laughs> You're kind of embarrassed.
1: oh no! <laughs> but dude,
0: I I took it, I took
1: it. I was like, I never really tried that stuff, anyway, so I wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, I'm okay. not me gonna tell you about knows. my past. <laughs> Oh God, that's but, uh, funny! What are you saying? And my my that wife went? is
0: getting all upset with me, you know, because he's talking loud and he's and he's saying all this stuff, and uh, you know, everybody else in the church is is trying to keep their distance from him. And I'm right there, and and then he says, "You gotta, you try, this. Like you gotta try this! You gotta try this!" So that was.
2: Oregano was better than heroin. I never heard that one. Ever. <laughs> I mean, you just blew me away. I'm gonna say now I look at oregano. I just I just grabbed one from my uh, kitchen. I'm looking at the regular okay, come on, come on, Peter, tell me about regular, come on,
0: yeah, I got stomach
1: problems, <laughs> anyway,
0: but uh that was that was just interesting, um, yeah, no, so Well, well he was just going started.
1: off he was going off like that did you did you did you did you have a spoon of it?
0: Yeah, I did. he offered me a spoon, and I took it and and my wife was like disgusted with me that I would do that and <laughs> <laughs>
3: It was
0: out of sympathy for the guy, you know? He was loving the brother. He was loving the brother. It made my <laughs> mouth all numb. Yeah. But we that's
1: about
0: that. it. And that's about it. Oh, but uh, know, I'm thinking back, and I don't think I got sick for a year after that. Yeah. So maybe he's onto something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, let <laughs>
2: me know, a, I love oregano and everything just as much as garlic, too. So, you
0: know. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Yeah. And so you there's, know. A,
1: there's, there's some good research on that oregano oil. Yeah. So, anyway, anyway. <laughs> um,
0: back to my story. Um, so, yeah. I'll never um, get over that, though. Oregon's better on <laughs> heroin. You're on
1: the Iron Show now, iron show now buddy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oregano's better on heroin. I'm going to tell that to somebody. Why are you doing heroin? Oregano's better for you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
0: Just, yeah. Amen. Just take right. it by the mouthful, yeah. Here, I'll
1: help you out. Maybe it's a cure for um, crystal meth too,
0: you
1: know. You find the church shooting it in your arm, right? Oh
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> oh no, no. Let's, no, not, no, let's, no. Not, let's not let's not bring up that picture. No.
3: Please. Oh man. There's, there's about that. It are, really. Nothing
0: like that. No. <laughs> okay, but uh, uh, let's see here. Back back to the story. Um. Yeah. So, so you, you another oregano? thing, another another thing that, that changed in my life <laughs> at this time. Um, okay, okay. Drop the oregano, you <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Daddy,
1: you're, you're giving me a gut buster, man. I you do. know, Peter has never been exposed to guys like us. I don't think. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we haven't even got surprised. off yet. But, okay, go ahead. Let us <laughs> continue the story.
0: I um, um, try not loud. Now, one of the things that changed in my life that kind of helped me um, make this shift is that uh, that I uh, I've been working for the same contractor for a number of years, and we had our regular crew, and uh, but something opened up where uh, my boss uh, became became slow, wasn't getting the work, wasn't wasn't searching for the work. I mean, th- actually, this is a guy that can have work anytime he wants, but there was a, there was like a, a time where he just slowed down and took some time off. Uh, but anyway, I jumped on to this other job with a bunch of people that i didn 't even know, and I was just by myself a finished carpenter um, getting paid good good wages um, but what it did though is it uh it just allowed me to to focus on god twenty four seven even as i'm working you know by myself just meeting new people um, but uh but anyway there were there were none of the old inhibitions you know often often when God moves in your life um, it's hard to advance to that next level if your surroundings don't change or you know it's almost like you feel tied down by the people around you they expect a certain thing of you they they think they have you figured out and when God's moving in your life and he wants to take you to the next level sometimes that can be a barrier but anyway I I've been put on this new job where where you know they these people didn't know who I was so I was able to be more um just more open and more more relaxed in just of what God was doing in my life um it was it was just a whole it was a whole uh just a god setup you know where God had just had been doing all these different things in my life just to allow me to pursue him uh, more passionately um, and I just remember uh, another uh another thing that happened um, uh, as as I was working on this job this was probably uh this was early summer last summer um out of the blue I just got a, a phone call from early one morning I got a phone call from our our drywall contractor, um, from my old company. He's the guy that we subcontracted a lot of work out. Just out of the blue in the morning. Um, he called me up and he and uh and I said, Hey, this is Peter and he said, uh, Peter, oh, uh that's the wrong number, sorry. And I said, Larry, hey, how you doing? you know, um, what's going on? And and he said, Oh, I was I was trying to uh dial someone else and I actually dialed your number and then but then I I he sounded kinda of bummed out so I just asked him what's what's going on? What's going on? Um and he said uh uh oh, I'm at the hospital um my son had a brain aneurysm uh, oh. the night before and uh oh no so I, I heard that, and i you know I'd just been filling myself with testimony and and stuff like that, and I just knew that uh, this this was a god set and it was it was up to me to uh to step into it and to and to go for it so uh, luckily, you know, at this job I had the opportunity to come and go as i pleased um so i uh and actually, there was a couple of other uh, Christians on the job that, uh, that I'd been sharing, you know, what I've been going through and that were totally supportive of me. And, uh, and uh, so I just told them, I just told them, um, look, I, uh, I got to go to the hospital. This guy just called me. I was the wrong number, but he's a good friend of mine, and, and his son's in trouble. And I, I got to go down there and pray for him. And uh, so this was, this was the first experience of me stepping out in faith and going to the hospital with the mindset that God is sending me there for a purpose, and that I have the- power within me the potential within me to change the situation for good and it was it was heavy it was hard for me to to do that, but I knew I knew I had to do it, and Larry was another you know he's he's a contractor he didn't talk about God ever he you know uh the whole spiritual thing never came up ever you know okay. he liked to you know he liked to smoke a lot of you know Pacalolo, marijuana and <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: pacalla that's it and uh you know Poc-a-lola, i mean. a
1: brah.
0: <laughs> that's it <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but anyway, I went down there, and his whole family was there, and i just i grabbed the whole family and i just i just prayed like I'd never prayed before, and I didn't care you know tears were coming out of my eyes and uh wow. and I, I just i just prayed over this guy and uh and uh didn't really you know he didn't snap out of his out of his thing, and the doctor's report was that you know he's He's a uh, he's a goner. He's he's not gonna last. Um, but it's strange, you know. I, I I stepped out in faith and I prayed for him and uh, I just they, they had like uh, his vital statistics on the screen there, and it you know it might have just been you know in my mind, but it's like when I was in the room, things were going good. I just remember stepping out once, uh, going to the bathroom, um, and I come back and all his vitals had dropped. And I went back and I put my hand on him. And they all came back, but uh, I stayed there. I stayed there all day with him, and this was this was when I was coaching little league, and I had to, and I had to uh, leave in the afternoon to go coach my team, you know. And I had, uh, and this was still this was still kind of outside of my grid of experience, you know. But uh, I, I I had gone there and I had prayed for a miracle and I didn't see it happen, but uh, but you know what I had I had really touched the family and I had blessed the family and they were so thankful of my support at that time. You know, and uh, so I left, and and uh, you know he ended up passing away. And I'm and I'm telling you this, you know, I'm telling you of these miracles that 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 uh, that I reached out for that didn't happen. I'm, I'm leading up to some good stuff, okay? Oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I want to let you know, not everyone I pray for passes away. Okay, <laughs> I just want to let you know. I mean, God bless um, <laughs> God bless this guy, but but it just it just created a, a hunger in me, a, a deeper desire because because Again, I did not allow my experience to dictate my theology. I that is God so had, wise.
1: That is so wise. God
0: had said, God had told me through His Word what was possible, and I knew, I knew it was there for me. I just had to, I just had to keep reaching for it, and and I would have that breakthrough. And you know what? I was even, I was even thinking that, you know what? What if I prayed for a thousand people? What if I prayed for a thousand people, and I only saw a miracle in one? That'd still be worth it
1: yeah it would sure it would be Just perfect yeah
0: so uh so so this was this was during that summer where I was going to these revival meetings that lasted almost almost two months straight um then then the fall came and there was uh there was another uh conference happening in in Waikiki uh with a with a bunch of uh of these charismatic uh you know evangelists uh from the mainland coming down radical people. I have all this testimony of, of weird, amazing stuff happening wherever they go. Um, I went to this, uh, I went to this conference with me and my wife, and we were we were totally blessed. I think this was October, October of 2008, um, and uh, it was just it was just a good experience. It was a good experience, and it was one of the first times where um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with like prophetic ministry. I mean, there – you know God. And in the Bible, it says, you know, Paul says that we may all prophesy, and prophesying is simply hearing the word of the Lord and speaking it out. That's why oh, yeah. I believe I believe God speaks to everybody. So we're all oh, called yeah. we're all called to prophesy and to speak forth the word of the Lord that comes from within us, you know, through that still small voice that that God is able to, you know, God God speaks to everyone through that voice. And not uh, Paul
1: say that you can't have prophecy without doctrine, or you can't you can't uh, well what am I trying to say? You, you shouldn't be lax in either one.
0: Uh, something like that. I'm not. I'm not exactly familiar with the the first, but uh, but yeah, I agree Red. with that. But in the other prophecy
1: words, is important, and people don't really think that. In yeah, church. yeah. Well, I mean, they don't think it's part of <laughs> part of you know doctrine. Yeah. yeah. What well, well, prophecy? There's a, there's a... Did you say prophecy?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, prophecy... Yeah. Right. I don't know. They're going to have to argue with William Perkins on that one. <laughs> Here we go. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean... No, I was saying that he, I was agreeing with you. William yeah, Perkins right, would agree with you. And anybody who yeah. argues against prophesying in the church, I'd say William Perkins would... Uh, he's a puritan. So Right. right. It was a good thing. It was a positive... That's right. Johnny. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry wasn't throwing, right? I wasn't throwing a rock in the engine. <laughs> right
0: on. Hey, I haven't on heard anything. Now. I know he is. <laughs> I
2: haven't heard anything yet that I could dispute. So I um, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, you know, I think it's good I, Peter, I'm just like somewhere. you. I lo- I'm just like you a lot too. I, I bet that you and I and and probably Johnny would sit at a round table one day and we'd just go off on the things, find out what we're into and what we can argue. Not argue, agree, leveling like brothers. You know, be like yeah. Luther in this round table. I love yeah. that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
2: not about eschatology, but just about doc theology in general. Sure, right?
0: sure. Keep going. Um, I'm sorry. To... But as but as far as uh, prophecy goes, and um, this conference was one of the first times that me and my wife um, were uh, basically uh, were able to listen to someone who who had a prophetic ministry. In other words, this is a guy whose whose very ministry was called. This guy was called to be a, a prophet, basically. You know, and you look at the fivefold ministry. That uh, talks about in I believe the book of Ephesians. You know, it says apostle, prophet, evangelist, um, uh, pastor, and teacher. And there are yeah. some people that I believe that are that are called to to hold the the office of a prophet. You know, yeah. in other words, that's their, that's their standing within the body of Christ. And but the thing is, there's there's no prophet that stands alone. You know, every prophet needs to be held accountable, and they need to be you know. If he gets one imbalance. thing wrong,
2: he's not a prophet. <laughs> you know, one thing wrong, he's not a
1: prophet. Well, you, know, and you on, get severely to disciplined uh, too in the Old Testament.
0: Well, uh, uh, the New Testament view of prophecy is very different than the Old Testament view of, of prophecy. Yes, because we're all we're all called to prophesy, and you know, when you when you take someone's hand and you ask God, you know, for a word for that person, you just gotta you gotta you gotta speak forth what you believe God's telling you inside you. In your heart, in your gut, you know whatever's welling up in your spirit, and it takes an act of faith mm-hmm. to do that. And but the thing is, it, it takes risk. In other words, it takes risk to actually speak out and say, "I believe this is what God's telling me." You know, mm-hmm. it's very, it's, it's a tough situation to be in. And the thing is, whenever there's risk involved, there's, there, there's failure. Okay, when people prophesy, mm-hmm. they get it wrong. Okay, they do. It happens. But we're not in the Old Testament. The it's not, we're not in the Old Testament where we take that person out behind the city gates and we stone them. We don't do that anymore. It's just part of, it's just part of how it works. You know, we're, we're in the dispensation of grace. You're not going to grow in the gift unless, unless you take the risk. And you're going to give a wrong word here and there. And even these anointed people that claim to have this, you know, high-powered, on-fire Holy Ghost ministry, you know, there's a lot of them that have said specific things that didn't come true, you know what but i'm not i'm not going to sit there and judge them and say because they got one thing wrong that their ministry is a sham and they're and they're false prophets, and they need to you know they need to go away or they need to be cast outside of the body of christ I think it it, it we need to extend a lot of grace to these people, but at the same time, yeah, we do need to hold them accountable, and we do need to you know they need to make sure that they're accountable to each other and and they need to they need to they need to be able to prophesy with a great deal of of humility. You know, mm. that's that's very important. But anyway, going back to this conference, this is the first time that my wife actually came across uh, uh, a guy who did this as part of his ministry focus. And uh, and I just remember there was a time he came when he was preaching where he just he just stopped preaching and he just said, you know what? I just uh, the Lord's uh, calling me just to is to come down, and I just I just believe God has a has a word for for uh, for a lot of the people that are here. And so he comes down, and he just him and his wife, they just start walking through the audience and and picking people and and just speaking into their lives. And I just and this just blew me away because this guy was uh, speaking things out. Is it is it
3: done with scripture? Uh,
0: absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Good. Um, yeah, yeah and everything everything that he said it could be backed up with scripture. He was also he was also um you know speaking things that was um you know that was very pertinent to their lives. You know, that was personal that that only you know that that connected with them spirit to spirit and that uh, I mean I saw people just uh you know just burst into tears after you know the guy just looks at them and says one sentence. And it just and it hits it hits them like a, like a ton of bricks and they know that it was uh, real. It was real, yeah, yeah. And uh, but the thing is, the other thing about about prophecy is it's the whole gift of prophecy is meant to encourage and and build up the saints. So uh, true. People prophets that are out there that specialize in doom and gloom and pointing out and criticizing other people and and dragging people down. You you really got to watch these guys. You really got to watch. These yeah, episodes.
1: exactly. Yeah, there's, yeah.
0: There's a lot they, of. They must get of,
1: some kind of sick pleasure out of it. Almost. Oh there's some
0: that do. There's some that do.
1: Yeah. And
0: so. Yeah. But you know what? We we gotta approach this with. Uh, we gotta keep faith, and we gotta have you know. We gotta have our faith be stronger than our fear, but at the same time, yeah, we gotta judge everything by the word of God. But uh, back to this. Back to this. Um. Uh. This guy. He he called out me and my wife. And, and we stood up and just he just uh, he started saying stuff about us that uh, that uh, you know he said that uh, he talked about how, how we'd had our, our days where we were um, basically uh, you know me and my wife going through high school and a uh, few years after we liked to party so you know we we had Where's our time. High school late?
1: sweetheart. Very uh, so high school I, sweetheart. I started,
0: I started dating her a couple of years after high school. Actually, yeah, like three years after she graduated, which was like five years after I graduated. But, uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, we, we were both kind of a little bit in the same scene, and and I used to drink a lot and party. And, right on. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, that's where I came from. But uh, anyway, this, this kind of just he he spoke to our backgrounds, and he kind of knew where we come from. But he knew he knew also that uh, that all this was kind of new to us, but. But he just said that you know we're heading in the right direction, and and then he spoke to our what we're we're going to accomplish as a family, and uh, and uh, and what the one thing that struck me um, is that he said that uh, that me and my wife and our family we're just gonna we're gonna be built up as like a sanctuary of love in the community that people would just look at our family and know that there is there's a lot of love there that we're like a haven that people will be drawn to us that that families will, you know, be drawn to us just because of the love that we have in our hearts for each other, for our children, for others around us. And uh it's it's just it's just funny how God works because uh it was it was shortly after that, I I believe it was shortly after this. It might have been shortly before, but uh but check this out. Um one of my wife's cousins is an executive in um uh a local bakery called Love's Bakery. It's a very popular bakery, okay? <laughs> Um
1: loves bakery.
0: Loves bakery. And her cousin approached um my wife to do um some commercials and also for our whole family to be used as like the model on their website.
1: You're kidding. So
0: we got called in and they took pictures of us eating bread, eating sandwiches, and then and our pictures to this day are on loves So in other words, we are the wow. Love family. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know,
1: and you are you are a really handsome man. I mean, I'm not kidding not <laughs> Oh, no. I brought that to everybody's attention. Peter King's a good-looking
2: guy. Oh, no. Well, you know. Right. <laughs> you good, You've been on, on the, the long shore too long there, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, easy, Johnny. <laughs> oh, I'm not trying to be weird,
3: you know.
2: Hey, not, to, not to go off the subject, but what about L&L, man? I heard L&L <laughs> is the best in Hawaii.
0: Oh, no, L&L is a plate lunch place. Yeah, very famous. We they're have one out cool. here in San. Diego.
2: We have one out here in San Diego. We have a couple of them.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, I love. They're, they're, well, they're, they're branching them. all over. Yeah,
2: and then we have Junos too, which is in another Hawaiian yeah. place. With oh yeah. man, I eat there.
1: Yeah, all the time.
0: Korean Korean barbecue. It's all good stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Oh man. But anyway, okay.
1: but anyway, they approached your family just because they saw.
0: Well, the the, the, the truth is. Them. Well, the truth is, um, just to be honest. Um, um, Lori's cousin approached our family because he knew that you know we were a good-looking family, but we do it for free. So, yeah,
1: free is always a good price.
0: Yeah, we did it. We did it for love, you know, and that's it.
1: <laughs> right on. So, love is uh, the best. Love, love is the best
2: thing that you could ever uh, you know and, have. Oh, yeah. You
1: know, but the way God
2: works, you know, I yeah, mean, that, yeah, no, yeah, you know.
0: confirm the word, and this this is the thing about about you know true prophecy, you know. God's always going to confirm it through the word, but He's also going to confirm it just through natural circumstances. You know, I, like like now I, I no longer believe in coincidences. You know, I believe in you know, God. You said, you said coincidences are not a kosher word. The yeah. Jews believe that,
1: and I'll yeah. quote you exactly: you said coincidence is not a kosher word. There are no coincidences, especially when we're talking about the word of God.
0: That's right. That's <laughs> word for word. A good game. That's. Oh, thank you. That's a good one. <laughs> Um,
1: yeah, Picture Quake sixty four. Everybody you've got to listen to that one anyway.
0: <laughs> all right, all right.
3: Yeah, I just
2: listened to the thirty one thirty five this morning before to get prepared for uh, yeah. For you, just just because I just but I knew we weren't going to talk about any of that. We're going to talk about this, which is really cool because I'm I have all my books on the table that every when you've been here, I've been grabbing every single book just to make sure that. All right, hey, I know what that is. I know what that is. Awesome. Okay, it's I'm I'm just like you Peter. I have You're, books. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a book nerd. I, oh, yeah. I love reading, reading, reading. I don't read yeah. novels. I read fiction. not fiction.
0: I mean, I yeah, fiction. I got no place. Even like Christian novels, you know, like end time stuff that a lot of people are really into. I, it's uh, just like, what's what's that gonna do for me? You know, I don't understand. Nah, I kind
2: of say I call it Augustine calls it theatrical theology.
0: Oh uh, yeah, right. so it's, it's like. like
2: you know, it's it's okay if people want to do that, but it's like you know, if it leads people to Christ, you know, and Christ is preach, Paul says, don't you know, do not you That's know uh, pro- prohibit them. But, but <laughs> you're right. I just, that. this just not gonna. You know, it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't feed me. Like you know, like right. I'm right now reading right. The City of God, so uh, by Augustine, which is a really. Oh, you're a soldier. You're
0: a soldier. <laughs> oh, I it's, need that.
2: it's hard, Peter. Let me tell you, I, I have to sit there and kind of go. I meditate like on a section. I'm like, yeah. what? You know, and that, yeah, he's a hard read. So yeah. let anybody know, he's a hard read, but he's really good. I yeah. think he's one of the best we've ever heard.
0: But well, he is. Uh, but you got to watch out. He's also a cessationist and a and a what? What is he? He's not a millenarian. In other words, he thinks a thousand year reign is is that we're in it or whatever. Anyway, yeah.
2: Uh, actually, but, I don't know. He was both post or a. I don't think he nobody oh, okay. really can identify what he was. I, I still do, don't know I, yet. I, yeah. That's why I quit But listening. anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, go just ahead. His,
0: just his constant, or excuse me, Augustine's own personal testimony. I didn't just think that's very powerful, you know, where he came from and, and oh, how yeah, he came Oh, yeah, he had work. a heck of a
1: life.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, okay, yeah, back to, anyway. uh, back to okay, we're in the fall of, of 2008. Um, and right, right after this conference. Yeah, right after this conference in uh, in Waikiki in October, um and I'm still at the same job now. I've been at this job for like 6 months. Um it was kind of a strange situation. Uh the contractor lost money on the job, but I stayed on the job just as I I began to work directly for the owners. And they had all these different projects for me to do. So uh once again, it was just it was just me uh me and the Holy Ghost working on that place and uh and I had a young guy, uh a young uh, guy who was the a nephew of, of the owner uh helping me um but uh yeah i was just uh throughout this whole time you know i'm just i'm just getting i just felt like i was just getting filled with with the spirit of god you know just surrounding myself with with testimony um with with teaching with powerful teaching um and and you know trying to surround myself with like-minded christians and i'm just getting filled up and filled up and filled up and i just remember one time um Driving to work, you know, I'd 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 drive to work and I'd listen to uh, like worship music and stuff, and uh, and I'd pray on my way. And there was there was a time I would actually stop um, on the side of the road in a certain neighborhood, and uh, and just pray before work every morning, you know, just the guy that day. And and Uh uh, and you know what? I I there were times where the presence of God came into my minivan, and it was just it was just heavy, and I'd just get this like tingly feeling all over, and I knew that God was there. And tears would come to my eyes and and uh it was just heavy it was just a heavy time in my life and uh but uh, now here's here's where uh uh things get interesting um i remember uh this is a this is a few weeks after that conference um i'm just driving into work and uh and i'm just it's just like the spirit of god's just welling up in me and i'm just i'm just feeling all these like euphoric feelings and just just in love with god and and i just just something some came up in me uh like with from within my spirit just this desire to articulate and to speak out loud what i was feeling and trying to put into words what i was feeling okay and this is this is kind of weird but this is no, what came out of, this is what came out of my mouth you know i had this desire to speak it out and i so i opened my mouth with with without any premeditation or anything and this is what i said i said out loud, I said, "I feel like I am becoming a holy hand grenade." Cool, you got that? I yep. feel like I'm becoming a holy hand grenade. Like God is just filling me with His power, and but it's in order to so that I can explode. Okay, so right. that's that's what I that's what I was feeling. That's the that's what I articulated. That I was becoming a holy hand grenade. And right after that, I think that, you
1: are. I think you are. <laughs>
0: this gets deep man this gets deep this is this is fun stuff because you know you just we as christians we gotta we gotta pay attention even to the words that we speak you know as the spirit moves us um so right after speaking that out loud i was like wow where'd that come from you know what's that all about so i just i just you know and i also thought to myself that's perfect that's that's weird but that's exactly what i feel like that was just a perfect way to articulate what i was feeling and so I just, as I'm driving, I just, I just said a prayer out loud. I just said, Lord, um, you know, show me what it means to be your holy hand grenade. You know, let me, let me become your holy hand grenade. Teach me. I want. This is what I want. You know. And then I also, I said something like, you know, teach me how to, how to pull that pin. You know, I wanna, I wanna explode for you. I wanna, I wanna destroy the devil's work. You know, Jesus, Jesus came. Jesus was sent to destroy the works of the devil. And, and Jesus said to us basically said as the father has sent me i send you so we got the same we got the same commission you know jesus wants to use each one of us um you know to do the same to do the same kind of miracles and stuff and to use the same power that 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 you know that filled him um so anyway um that was that was just weird and so I, i but i kept praying that prayer for i don't know a few days, maybe a couple weeks after that, and then I kind of just, uh, I kind of just forgot about that. Um, but then uh, after this time, um, I was, I just, I needed an avenue. I needed someone to, I needed, basically, I needed training. I needed, I needed an outlet, you know, to be able to, to have an environment where I can actually uh, put into practice what I've been learning and what I've been listening to and and the testimonies that I've been hearing. So I decided to. Um, one of the sponsors of that conference had been uh, this ministry called the Healing Rooms. Okay. Oh, and I know about
2: them very well. My, really. My cousins. My cousins are uh, actually my mom's cousins that are older than me. They've been doing this with the Philippines for years. The Healing Room, uh, room Ministries. Wow! Wow! Yeah. I'm, uh, I wonder
0: if it's the same thing. This is this is the Healing Healing Rooms. Um, um, it's an international thing. Right now, there's actually over yeah. a thousand worldwide it's been like 10 years since they started but uh, the guy who started this his name is cal pierce he came from bill johnson's church um and restarted the healing rooms which has really began with uh, uh john g lake's ministry back in like the 1920s when he died it's kind of this whole thing kind of died away but then cal pierce uh, he's got his own personal testimony of how god opened everything up to him
2: i was going to shout out i was going to shout out Kenan lois pixley who, who they they still carry the, they still do this the healing rooms just like I think it's the same it's the same people you know what yeah. I mean
0: yeah, yeah. could be but like could with be.
2: you I think they are because yeah they're, they're cousins they're, of mine well, and they were telling me about the, the healing rooms yeah uh, no they they live up in I guess near uh, uh, Johnny and they go out oh. every year they go to the Philippines to do the healing they okay. do it up there too so they were yeah. telling me about yeah. it and I was like really yeah, uh, yeah. well go man, ahead. It's,
0: it's based in Spokane um. But okay. Anyway. Oh yeah,
2: then there we go. It's they're part of that ministry. That's oh,
0: pretty that's, cool. That's right awesome. on. That's awesome. So uh, there was there's a couple who who came to Hawaii to start that the healing room, healing rooms ministry in Hawaii, um, and they were the sponsors of this of this conference. So I just went onto their website and I saw that they do training, um, like uh, like every couple months they just have a Saturday, where they uh, they just invite people to come and they just teach. And then they they give a training, and then they actually invite people to uh, to be a part of the ministry. Uh, and the ministry is simply where um, people who need uh, prayer for healing come in, and they fill out a short little form, and and they get prayed for, and and crazy miracles happen, you know. And they had a they had a, a, a lot of testimony of what God's done in those rooms. So I just thought that you know what I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go to this training. I'm gonna see what this is all about. I'm gonna see where God leads me. So uh, that's what I did. I went to the training. I think it was in November. And then uh, they invited me back to uh, to be like a, like a, just someone who watches just to see, you know, they don't throw you into a room with a sick person and let you start praying for them immediately. You know, and because I'd be, um, you know, I'd be scared to do that because I, you know, didn't understand how it was done. I wasn't even comfortable praying for other people, you know. It was just not part of my I hadn't been tooled up in that in that respect yet. So uh so anyway I went to the went to the training and was and was uh radically blessed. Um it was amazing and I met uh uh, uh the couple that run it and then also their assistant directors. Um, John and Linda, they're the directors. They're actually oversee all of um the Pacific. And they have rooms set up in Fiji and they've taken mission trips to Fiji and seen just radical things down there. Um, but uh, and then uh, Nick and Faye um, uh, a black couple um, they are the assistant directors and they uh, right when I started uh, to hang out with these guys um, John and Linda took like all December off f- uh, for uh, a vacation for a trip to the mainland to see their family and stuff so uh, Nick and Faye were basically in charge as I was just beginning to become involved and uh, uh, let me just, I'm trying to tie this back in with uh, my whole uh, holy hand grenade thing because uh it's 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 pretty interesting. Um so uh let's see here. Nick and Faye, the the healing rooms they have a, every Friday night, see they they uh it, this is a small budget ministry. This is really a, a low key small budget ministry. Uh and uh they work out of the back of another church. Another church has allowed them to use their space um and they just have uh they have uh, uh several rooms set up they have like a, a uh, area where people come in and sign up, and they can wait their turn to be taken into a room to get prayer. Um, uh, so I, I was uh, – they only do that like two, two Saturdays a month, you know. So, so this isn't anything real major. It doesn't consume a lot of my time. Um, but then every Friday night, they would also be given the use of the sanctuary. So they'd have a little uh, low-key uh, like worship service every Friday night. So I went to a few of the Friday nights. Um, and I went to uh, one of their uh, heating room sessions on a Saturday and just watched what was going on, and I was totally blown away, and totally felt like I was out of my league, you know, that I would never be able to uh, to pray as beautifully or to be able to articulate, you know, it's hard, you know, you take the hand of a stranger, and and you you're asked to pray for them, you know, you can speak to the issue that they have, but uh, but what I thought that blew me away was just uh, just how the prophetic. Um, how a prophetic spirit would come on these people and they would start speaking into these people's lives things wow. that only God knew, you know. So it's much more than just a healing ministry. There's very much, you know, that God uses That's them. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's God uses them. I mean, God wants to heal people, you know, body, soul, and spirit. I mean, it's it's not just yeah. physical. A lot of times a physical ailment stems from an emotional um, trauma, you know, that happened a long time ago. And the, the yep. crazy thing is that God will reveal to people what that root cause was and a lot of times it has to do with um you know giving giving forgiveness for past hurts you know a lot of times that that's how uh you know a physical problem can can manifest but uh but anyway back to uh the story i think now i think we're we're in like uh, january of, of uh of this year uh, we're getting close um um and i just uh it's a, it was a friday night my wife was working my son, I think, was spending the night with another friend. So it was just me and my six-year-old daughter. Well, she was five then, Gabby. Um, we're, just, we're going to church on a Friday night, you know, and we're, just, we're enjoying it. My, my little girl loves it because uh, they do, like, a flag-waving things. So she'd, she'd go there, and she'd be given a little flag, you know, like a long, a long um, one that just a streamer kind of thing. So I mean, and they just they just let people loose. They they don't even have a worship team, okay? They just play CDs, and then they just worship God. And and my daughter wow. would have freedom just to run around the sanctuary, you know, with this with this with this streamer, uh, you know, waving it around and and whacking people with it and stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kids would yeah. love that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So she really loved it. But uh, actually, you know what? This was this was just before. Uh, New Year's, because of, of what happened. Um, so this was late December, this was late December um, because uh, so I grabbed my daughter Gabby this Friday night, and we're leaving our house and we're getting onto the highway, and we got to pass this quarry on our left in Kailua. and as we're driving um, up, you know I'd always um, I'd always uh, say a prayer on our way you know to church um, and this this Friday I asked Gabby just to say a prayer. she's five years old. But I told her, you know what, Gabby? Can you say a prayer? You know, just so we're, so we have a good time tonight, and then we're protected. So she just says a short little kid prayer, you know. And uh, immediately after she prayed, she, we look up over the, uh, over the quarry. There's like these warehouses and stuff right next to the quarry. And I see this huge um, fireworks display going off. Just major aerials. like this is this is high dollar fireworks that someone is setting off. And it's not only this night. This is like the week before. You know, someone over there had decided to, to launch all these fireworks. But I just leaned over my shoulder and said, hey, Gabby, check it out. Look at that. Look at, look at those fireworks. And I said, I believe that's a sign from God that he has heard your prayer. Yeah? So that's, that's what I spoke. That's what came out of my mouth. Um,
1: so then we got, that
0: go. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, us Christians, we've got to watch what comes out of our mouth. <laughs> and and watch, watch for signs. Watch for signs. Absolutely, absolutely. So we get to church um this Friday night and uh it's uh it's a Nick and Faye who are leading the service and then uh and we're like almost near the end of the of the service and then Nick, who's uh, just a tremendously anointed woman, Nick uh, Fay Nick and Faye, they're both tremendously anointed. Faye, she has a microphone and, and there's only about a dozen people there. You know, this isn't a huge this isn't a huge ministry, um, and uh, so but she just starts she just starts um, prophesying over people. She just some came on her where she said, that, that, you know, God God wanted to give a word to every single person that was in the service that that night. So she just starts uh, speaking to people, and and like the first person that she started prophesying over just just uh, came to tears. You know, she's just she's just nailing some stuff in people's lives. But it's, yeah. all, it's all good. It's all positive. It's all uplifting. But uh, then she got to me, and uh, let me try and get this precise. Um, she just looked at me, and this is what she said. She said, "Peter, I just look at you, and I just see that you're just going to explode for God." And she <laughs> said, "Then she said, I look at you, and I just see fireworks going off in you, like the Fourth of July."
1: A holy hand grenade.
0: <laughs> That's what she said. That's what she said. And. Wow. Uh, and I think she might have said some other stuff but that, uh, along the theme of fireworks and explosions, you know. And, uh, yeah, and I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just dumbfounded. And I'm just sitting there, and uh, and then she she even prophesies over Gabby, and she keeps going on down. And then, but I'm just sitting there, dumbfounded, and thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, it brought back to mind my holy hand grenade prayer from a couple months previously. You know, it, it's like, it's like God had confirmed. You know what yes. I prayed for back then, and it also confirmed the words that I had said about Gabby. You know, when I said, "There's, so you see that fireworks? That is, you know, that's a sign from God that He heard your prayer." You know, this this is yes. just the cool stuff and the cool way in which in which God works.
1: With yes. one simple
0: word, He confirmed a couple of different different things in my life. So I started to share that with Faye, and uh, <laughs> and she was blown away. You know, and this is the other thing. You know, when. When someone goes out on a risk you know and prophesies into someone's life they need they need feedback because it's 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 not easy it's not easy to to step up and to say you know what i I believe I have the word of the Lord for you that takes a great deal feedback of risk
1: how feedback how like you were right or you were wrong or, or thank you for mm-hmm. thank you for caring about me to do do
0: what do you mean well i mean I mean you got to support them and let them know." That they nailed it, especially when they do nail it like that, you know. When, gotcha. And, and you gotta, you gotta let them know, and you gotta encourage them because, uh, you know, prophetic ministry is real hard. You can easily get burned out, and you can easily get discouraged if you don't have, you know. Their and their job is to uplift and encourage us, and it's like they they provide so much fuel for us, you know, for people that are in contact, you know, on a regular basis. That you know, I mean, this couple, they're like they're like part of my inner circle. You know, I lean on them. Heavily, you know and and John and Linda also you know, but they're they're they've poured so much into me, I just gotta make sure to remember to to you know do the same for them um but right uh, um,
1: yeah
0: yeah on on the same theme <clears throat> um then i then I started to uh then I started just to to think back on well okay here here's the thing, um I told you that I was working with this young guy that was the nephew of the the owner of my house, yeah um. One of the first times I stepped out in faith, um, because I was I was sharing with him what I had been going through. I shared with him some of the end time stuff that I covered, which really scared him. But then I also shared some of the amazing stuff, some of the positive stuff, some of the like the miracles and the testimony that i that I'd heard, that I listened to, that I'd been involved in. And it and I just knew that this was a young man that uh that was totally receptive to to accepting Jesus into his heart. So this was really one of the first times that I had actually stepped out and and spoken. And there's, and there's the whole, this is another God setup. I mean, it had to do with the time and the place and even what song was playing on the radio. It's like I, I was like, you know, testing God, you know, do you want me to do this? And, uh, and a specific song came on that was his song that he had already said that he'd, he loved. Anyway, um, bottom line is I reached out to him and I said a prayer with him and And I brought him to uh about him to you know I brought him into the knowledge him... of Jesus absolutely, yeah, and he said a prayer, and he accepted jesus into his life and i and I just prayed over him and i I invited the Holy Spirit to come into his life and to fill him up and and we both when I into that prayer, it's like we both had a hard time uh remaining vertical because the presence of God was so strong in that room There's that little work room underneath their main house and uh but uh but anyway. Um, uh, that was, that was a little bit previously. And then when I got to work the next week, I shared with him about what had gone on, you know, prophetically, um, with me and, and, uh, uh, sister Faye and, and the whole fireworks word that I got and stuff. And, uh, and it, it was funny because he actually was able to remind me of certain things that, that had been going on with me at work, um, because there was an instance where, um, someone had come to visit the owners of the house and as they were leaving um they were like commenting on the on the carpentry and and uh, the finished work and and saying that it was good and and then they saw me um peek my head around the corner you know and then just said hello yeah i'm the carpenter that's been working on it and this lady just out of nowhere like she's like an older lady like very conservatively dressed long long dress hair up in a bun but uh she pointed at me, and in a real loud voice, she looked at me and she's commenting on my carpentry work. You know, she pointed at me and she said, "You're the bomb." Okay. I <laughs> said, "You're the bomb." Hey. Then, you're yeah. the bomb. Yeah. Hey. So, so Jaron, my so my young friend, um, after sharing the testimony of the holy hand grenade and how that had been confirmed, um, so he's he's just pointing that out to me and saying. So, so for all, this had happened like like several weeks earlier. So all up until that time, he kept referring to me as the bomb, you know. And I'd even play with him, and I'd let him do, you know, a little bit of carpentry on the side, you know, helping me out. You know, I let him cut a piece of wood here and there. And then, you know, like when he when he would cut a piece uh, right and it fit, I'd I'd say poof, you know, you got a little poof there, you know. I'm the bomb. I got the big explosions. You know, I'm building all these cabinets, and I built this like three thousand dollar cabinet that has a TV lift in the middle for a flat screen and all that stuff. Anyway, I was I was just making fun of him, and you know, uh, in a in a lighthearted sort of way. But uh, but he reminded me that you know for the last few weeks he you know he'd been referring to me as the bomb. You know, it's just just another one of those little things. Just another one of those little things. But then at the end of the week, um, um, we we're just we we're just had a blast together, just just talking about God and and you know it, it it's reached a point in my life where you know I I really don't feel uh, truly alive. Unless I'm talking about Jesus. Amen. You know? I'm yeah. getting that
2: way. Well, he's, this, you know, the thing about it is in our lives, as, you know, exhausting as we get, that's the only thing that should, you know, continue to motivate us to be, you know, that there's no way we could do anything without him, you know? That's right. At all. Yep. And, I'm yep.
1: the same way. Uh, you know, the Iron Show. I mean, that's out of a need of mine, you and, know, yeah. to talk. You're right. You just don't feel alive.
2: It's like you start. Like, fall, if you fall into a little, uh, you know, stumble there, you start missing it.
3: Mm-hmm. You start
2: going, man. You won't go further with what you're going to get into. You know that if you stumble, you're going down a, you know, uh, all, you know, different than the pilgrim's path. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
3: You know, Yeah. You've all been you'll,
2: there. You'll feel that. Yeah, that missing you'd be like so, i'm missing something i'm miss, i'm missing the lord and you'll get yep. right back on that pilgrim's path i love the pilgrim's yep. progress so
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yep so, but uh but, but, but yeah I, so all through that week afterwards we're just we're talking about all this stuff and oh another cool thing is uh that uh he had been something weird had been going on in his life it's like everywhere he looked he saw hearts everywhere he looked oh, wow. he saw hearts so i just i spoke over him and i just I, I use the scripture like uh that refers to David saying that he, you know he had God's heart. I can't remember the exact scripture, you know. But yeah, a man, David. After, a, man a man after a man after the God's Lord's heart. own heart. Yeah, yeah. So I like spoke that over him, and I just said, you know what? That's just that's just God calling you, saying that you know that you have a pure heart, that you have a good heart, and He just wants to draw closer to you, you know. And he was totally blessed, and, like all that week, you know. He he look down at a at a on the ground and find a a rock that just stuck out to him that was shaped like a heart, and he even like wow. cut off cut off like a he was doing some uh, yard work cut off a tree branch, and came back and the knot on the edge of this branch was just like a heart. I still got that piece of wood, <laughs> mm. but uh, but it's just weird things like that 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 manifest in the natural that 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 we can t- that you know we're supposed to take it and understand that that's God speaking to us. But, uh, yeah, I
1: think a lot of us don't really don't really look to search for yeah. those signs.
0: Yeah, well, you know. It's, yeah, it's it's just it's amazing how God works if we just take the time to you know to just walk in the Spirit every day and to be able to identify that kind of stuff. And my wife, she takes it to a whole other level. I mean, she's every little thing is just like, oh wow, you know. And I sometimes I just roll my eyes, you know. But God bless her, you know, for being able to use every little thing as, as a source of encouragement from God, you know. But uh, anyway, back to my friend and, and that week. This is the last, um, like, holy hand grenade uh, thing. Um, <laughs> I just remember at the end of the week, um, and that weekend was uh, like uh, New Year's Eve or something like that. Anyway, we're just – it's before we got to go home. It's the end of the day, and we're just briefly talking before we say our goodbyes. And right after we say goodbye and we begin to close our car doors and get in our cars – the biggest aerial firework that I've ever heard explodes yeah. directly above us, just in a big boom. You know, it was nothing visual, but it was just a big boom, and we just get out and we just look at each other and point at each other and just start laughing. You know, oh yeah, it was just, it was just a just a good way to send us off. You know,
1: getting more obvious. You know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm still I'm still trying to still trying to step into you know what God has for me as far as this whole holy hand grenade things.
1: Hey, this is Johnny Boyd, and you just heard the end of the first half of our Peter Good Game interview. We did almost a four-hour session, uh, and actually it was longer than that. You includes the free show talk we had, and, uh, of course there was no there was no good material lost you got all the good material but uh we did some edits because peter dropped out a couple times and we had to get him back and uh so it ended up being the whole the whole show ended up being about three and a half hours so we had to cut it in half and make it two shows but uh at the end of this first half we uh we ended up with uh peter talking about um, how the lord had given him a word you know of being his holy hand grenade I don't know about you, but he really—he kind of blew me up. I'll tell you that much. Uh, this interview kind of really got to me. <laughs> um, that holy hand grenade, just wanting to be the
2: divine point—you know, have a divine appointment. So he's started putting our love in action, as a—you know—as I keep repeating, and it, it's really important that we realize what our calling is. Be sure of our calling, and uh, it was a great example that you know him going—you know—that the experiences that we we hate has. So far that we've seen of how things that came out and the people that he's been quoting other Christians are at odds with, look at what Peter did. He went into a, a Pentecostal church, which, you know, uh, I I don't personally like denominations whatsoever. I think all the church should be, you know, not one denomination, but, you know, but in unity as a whole. But still, he went in, went in there with that, you said, what type of, you know, the, uh, the theologian you know attitude but not really just but he went and wound up felt the spirit of the lord regardless of their differences proving the fact that you know of course god is going to bring us together
1: make sure you download the second half of the interview if you're uh, new if you're just one of the first people that comes across this the second half of the interview won't be ready for a few days but when it is make sure you come back and download that and if you're one of those people that have come back after they're both there well, go download it right now and listen to it. By God, yeah. And just, just remember, it's really, it's really essential. These are all
2: essential stuff. I mean, uh, essential stuff right now for the present. It is wonderful to hear testimony of uh, Christ bearing fruit through someone, and uh, and how the Spirit you know works when we let Him work through our lives. And that's really important to remember. Beyond all the other. Not essential things about what's going to happen. God is working right now in the present. And he, we're in the present right now. The future is not here. We work today. And each, tomorrow's not guaranteed, Christian. So we live in today. And we, ask, we, we pray for those divine appointments today. You know? How can we be used, Lord? Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the first half of uh, Peter Good Game Review Right, Johnny?
1: Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the first half. And like I said, make sure you download the second half when it becomes available. if it's available now, go download it and listen to it. And uh, we're gonna have Peter Goodgame back uh, sometime in the future. And he's gonna update us with uh, all his uh, new adventures. So anyway, uh, thanks again for uh, joining us here on the show. Yeah, thanks. And uh, we're gonna end it with our traditional one, two, three, goodbye.
3: And
1: I will start off the count this time. One, two, two four, three. Come Johnny, are you still there? Oh, sh- the cat's trying to sleep.